On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. Away we go again, episode 958 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Thank you very much to the good woman for the introduction. That, as always, is four-time Paralympian Amy Burke, good friend of the show, good member of the TCA team. She is off to uh, British, nope, off to Alberta this week to represent Ontario at the Canadian Championships uh, as she continues to build towards World Championships uh, coming up this summer. So uh, if you're interested in keeping up with Amy, I know many of you like to do that uh, and her journey back towards the World Championships and the Paralympic Games. Uh, you can do so at BurkeAmy7. Great show for you today. Uh, before we get to our guest, Andrew Stoughton from The Bat Flip, uh, longtime Blue Jays writer and podcaster. You should also check out his show, Blue Jays Happy Hour. We'll get to all of that in just a second. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We love to hear what you guys have to say about these shows, about our guests, uh, about uh, whatever's going on, whatever's on your mind, about the beers we're trying uh, on most episodes as well. Uh, quick explanation for anybody a little bit confused. There was to be an additional show this week that was going to be with Vanessa Sanchez. And if you're not familiar with Vanessa, you, you probably should be. Uh, these days, she is co-hosting She's Got Game on TSN Radio every weekend with our pal Michaela Schreider. And, uh, you know, we thought it might be fun to have her on, talk a little bit about everything that's going on. But uh, like so many people, uh, we were unable to get in studio together this week because uh, we've had a close contact with uh with a positive test, we decided, you know what, let's pump the brakes a little, we'll push it back a week, and uh, and we'll do this right when we're able to uh, to get in studio instead of having to do it online. So uh, we'll do that next week with Vanessa Sanchez. Looking forward to doing that. You can follow her on Twitter if you're so interested, at Vansan3000, which is a, a pretty clever handle, uh, those who know, know, right? Uh, and coming up on your Monday show... Little different this week. That's normally Rob Slot. He is out of town this weekend. He's got some business to attend to. So we'll be joined by our buddy Chris Hoffley. We were supposed to do that a week or two ago. Uh, and again, the COVID thing got in our way, as it seems to be doing for everybody these days, right? It's it's everywhere when you turn around at this point. I I don't think I've ever known as many people who have it or who have recently had it as I do right now, right? This thing's been here for two years. It's absolutely everywhere right now. So uh, we uh, we pushed that back a bit, but uh, Hoffley's going to come in. He's going to co-host that Monday show with me. We're going to try a beer or two, and and I got something else lined up for Hoff that uh, that we're looking forward for uh, looking forward to having him try. So stick around for that as well. That'll be episode nine fifty nine dropping for you on Monday morning. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now uh, to make sure you don't miss out on that one, whether it's Apple podcasts or Spotify, there's a subscribe button. There's a follow button. Just go ahead, hit that. And, uh, we'll keep these coming at you, but we are two weeks into the blue Jays season and, uh, man, everybody seems to have blue Jays fever right now. The ratings have been through the roof, uh, on most of these games. Everybody's talking baseball. We are no different. We're excited. Uh, it's been kind of a hit and miss start to the season. Got a winning record, but, uh, you got some guys sputtering a little bit. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, like I said, our buddy Andrew Stoughton from the Batflip.ca and the Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast. Happy to be welcoming you back to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate you making the time for us, as always. But uh, uh, man, before we get started, you happen to have 
Any eyes on that White Sox game earlier this afternoon? I, I assure you I did not. Okay. Uh, it got a bit weird. Yeah, 10 nothing. Um, even as we sit here now in the sixth, still 10 nothing Cleveland, but... Uh, yeah, yeah Kike, Jose Ramirez might have been a nice guy for the uh, Blue Jays to trade for. I had there was, there was quite a a sigh, hey, the one yeah. that got away. Uh, but he's uh, had a pretty good start to the year. Yeah, Keuchel went uh, faced all nine Cleveland batters before getting anybody out, and uh, and Anderson, I believe, had uh, had three errors in one inning. So yeah, Cleveland's been Cleveland has been doing doing quite well. I mean, it's all early. Everything comes with the huge. Yes. it's early caveats at this point. I know that drives people nuts when you say it in in June. But I think here in April, we can still say it. We can still say it, yeah. Honestly, there's a part of me in watching this that, you know, everyone, the hype has been so big around the Blue Jays that it feels a little bit like people have forgotten how to watch baseball. And and I think part of it is like, yeah, the the team is going to be good and it is going to win more than it loses. But I think because of the way the second half or at least the stretch where they were back in Toronto went last year and then going all the way back to 2015 – like the team won at a hell of a clip, right? Like a really, and that's when the hype built and that's when everybody started getting all excited again. But if you're going to be a good team over the course of 162, there are going to be some losses sprinkled in there that honestly, there kind of weren't at the second half of last year and certainly not in the second half 2015. Yeah, no, that's, that's a hundred percent true. And, and, you know, we, uh, all of us, I, I assume at times suffer from, uh, <laughs> a, a lack of object permanence and, and it does feel like every baseball season, uh, you know, people forget how baseball works and what, uh, you know, what a marathon it is. And, you know, I think, you know, to, to dive right in, like the, like Zach Collins is a, a great example of, of exactly that phenomenon, which is, you know, the first couple of times Blue Jays fans saw him, he looked completely lost. He, you know, he struck out three times or maybe four in a game and, and, and just was, was awful. And, uh, and people were pining for Reese McGuire and were like, <laughs> this is, you know, what have, what have we done here? This guy's a bum. And then now he's like, Hitting fifth and and as DHing and people are like oh you know what that's all right you know hits a home run and a double and uh, you know in the game one against Boston there on Tuesday night yeah last uh, four games eight <laughs> hits two home runs four RBIs my first question for you was you know, is is he good at baseball now throw out the whole small sample size thing this is if this is what, how we're gonna do it then <laughs> well that's the thing yeah. I mean that's no more real than it was real that. You know, he was terrible, or Alejandro Kirk is terrible right now. You know, uh, you know, and it, that's not to just say you can't you can't look at anything. And you, you know, there I think that there are obviously, you know, if you're looking, you could go a little more granular. And, and like Bo Bichette's approach, obviously, there's issues there. Vlad is swinging too much out of the at, at balls out of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Often, I suspect because umpires are making terrible calls <laughs> against him, and it, it's sort of forcing him to expand the zone, yeah. which has become a problem. Which you know. Uh, that that the, the whole umpire. I, I'm like I'm so anti conspiracy theory umpire ref stuff. Like I laugh at that when I see other fan bases do it. But then then watching the Jays so far this year, it's kind of like some. I don't think I don't, I don't want to say something's up. Like it's spring no. training for the umpires too. I guess like I'm trying to be uh, a little bit objective, but it's also. Uh, they have been on the wrong end of a lot of a lot of bad calls. The right end on, on some bad calls too, but it's that that's been terrible. But yeah, Zach Collins, I I don't know. I think I, <laughs> you know there's something that the Jays saw in him. I think obviously you know primarily it was that he had an option, and I think that, you know they'll at some point use that. Yeah, and, uh, stash him in the minors. But uh, uh, you know, just like, I I tweeted this the other night, like you know just just get a couple Juan Francisco months out of him, and you know if it all falls <laughs> apart. Whatever, just if you if you get the hot hand for a bit, like he's got a he's got a five hundred BABIP or whatever it is, and you know, like like all these numbers that are just completely unsustainable. Um, but I don't know. You know well, let, let let him regress then. Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. you know you'll you'll know it when yeah, ride it for now. Flailing at the at the at pitches and and they figure it out. But <laughs> yeah, if he can keep doing this, then let him keep doing it. It's like Chris Colabello was kind of like that as well. Uh, and that Man. lasted a really long time. I remember 2015. That was uh, that was sort of the narrative, uh, or maybe it was 16, whatever. Whichever the Colabello year was. I believe uh, that was 15. Yeah, and it was like, you know, he he can't he can't keep get, hitting 400 on balls in play all year, and he did it for half a year at least, <laughs> and and like really sort of established himself as a uh, you know an important guy on that team, um, uh, and. Who's to say that? Uh, and it was out of the league like a year and a half later. Yeah, right? yeah. Never, to never return. Well, because I think there was also a steroid thing at some point too with that, that guy. Was the, yeah, he yeah. was suspended at the start of sixteen, and, yeah. and then it kind of never. But 
but yeah, well, we're not. We, let's not go down that. Road. No, we don't have to rehash Chris Colabello. But I do think you know Collins can hit and is kind of just like a positionless guy who mm-hmm. can play behind the plate a little bit, and there is some value to that. Uh, especially, I mean, I think the Jays are showing um, with Jansen and now with Kirk. Like uh, Alejandro Kirk, uh, I had haven't looked you know since uh, since uh, uh, before Tuesday's game in Boston, but like he was in the sixty first percentile. Uh, in terms of framing per uh, like baseball savant stat cast, hmm. uh, which is not you know not great, but firmly above average yep. and much much better than where he was last year. And and you know the Jays are, uh, I think this is kind of their thing. They're like they there there are details and there are things that they think that they can do to help guys and to help guys in particular. I think you know you know you don't you don't need to do a whole lot for vlad right like that's just a, he's just a natural baseball genius and right. he's going to do his thing bo's going to be bo uh but i think that they they feel and and you know they've said this all along you know shapiro and uh, uh, in particular i think and atkins as well has talked all along you know since they've been here about about like giving players the resources to make themselves better and i think that you know that that part of that is is you know they think that they can you know, see they can see the elements of uh, of you know something that can be successful in guys and are going to try to to like elevate their games and or or to give them the ability to do that and um you know it's not like other organizations don't try to do that but some are better at it than others like the Dodgers are astoundingly good at it right right and the Blue Jays are sort of striving to be an organization like that as well I think and and you know the Giants are great at it right the Giants got so much out of so little last year uh, and and that's where these kind of guys get get kind of interesting. It's like you know, I don't. I'm not saying Zach Collins is you know he's pro, it, most likely he's just having a hot week. Sure, but uh, uh, but like I, yeah, I don't think they they didn't they there was a purpose there behind acquiring him, and it, it was obviously the option. But I think there was more to it than that. So I, it's not you know it's it's not entirely surprising that maybe they've just tweaked something or or you know they they saw something that they thought they could help him do to become better. Um, and uh, it can work. Yeah, Kukuchi is another guy like that, like, and, which is a huge bet that they've made, right? A three-year deal mm-hmm. uh, for what is thirty-six million dollars. Like that's you know he's going to be here for a long time. And has <laughs> not really had great results uh, so far in his big league career, but I think they saw that there is stuff there, and we saw that on Tuesday night that you know it was a weird start, and, but but I think the ingredients for success look like they could be there and and that's sort of that's the kind of organization they want to be where they're like we can we can take that and mold it or help a player mold it into you know a much more successful big league career than they might have otherwise had and and, uh it's it's really it's interesting to watch just from you know the industry standpoint sure um but (laughs) but then you know the you know a lot of fans are also like just ready to write guys off after (laughs) after a week or to call them the greatest thing they've ever seen after a week, which is, you know. Well, it's interesting, right? Just because of, yeah, there's just so many games, right? And it's, you know, in the NFL, yeah, you lose two or three in a row, your season might be in really big trouble already, right? Whereas in baseball, you'll you'll have forgotten that four days later. Um, You know, it just, it it takes so long for the the ship to get set that you mentioned a couple names there that we'll touch on in a second. And, but let me hand this to you kind of broadly first. As we sit here Wednesday afternoon, the Jays are six and five. They had rolled into Boston six and four, but this will come out Thursday morning. We don't uh, we don't know what will have happened in that uh, that Wednesday game. But is this kind of broadly what you would have expected as a start? Would you have been looking for more or less? Like it, it, it's a split with the Yankees. I think that's that's fine. But you did have Texas and Oakland there. You won both of those series. Um, weren't able to to sweep either of them. There's a bunch of different reasons why. But is is kind of six and five. You know, with what the schedule has been, sort of what you would have been looking for. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, 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 it's easy to forget. I mean, there's just so much losing in this game, right? Like, uh, you know, a hundred a uh, hundred win team or, or a ninety five win team loses like four times out of every ten, right? Uh, you know, it, it's like it's it's hard to, you know, <laughs> you you follow the games, you know, individually and. And it, it's hard not to like get caught up in the, like the everyday wins and losses, but it's just it really is something that plays out over a, 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 a such a long span that it's our brains don't really do well at at, <laughs> at, 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 at comprehending that, yeah. right? And like you know, I saw somebody on Twitter who was like, you know, well, I hope 
because they've got this huge gamut of games, you know, again, like uh, 16 in a row against Boston, Houston, and the Yankees. Yeah. Before they see Cleveland, who, as we were saying, also <laughs> might be pretty good, which is like they've just, you know, they've just started this 20 games in 20 days thing. Um, and someone was like, well, they can, you know, they would be disappointed if they went 500. And I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, if you go 500 through those games, like, that's that's okay. You know, you're going to... You, you got lots of dates with the Orioles to Orioles. come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, that's where you're really going to make hay. This you know, in, in this in this division is you, you know, you got to win those games against the Orioles. You got to beat the bottom feeders, and you know, you'll get your wins against the Yankees, but you'll take your losses against them too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just sort of going to be the way it is. And, and at the end of the year, if you you know, if you beat the teams you should beat and and are evenly matched against the teams you should be evenly matched against, you're going to be right there. And that's that's sort of how it works. But like to 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 take that step back is hard because you're in the day to day and you're like oh I can't believe they're losing into you know if they if they don't win this series in Boston or if they get swept <laughs> you know that would be a disaster but but it's it it wouldn't be good but it, it's it's not and I think yeah like if they if they win ten of these next games that would be perfectly fine I think and and that's that's sort of a weird way to look at it and, and not a fun way to look at it no. probably but. But yeah, it, 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 you're, you're right. It's just that there's so much losing in this game, and it's and it's so long that uh, getting too wrapped up in early season stuff is uh, is tough. And, and you know, we'll, it, it's early. It's early. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the the pitcher that we did see most recently there, and you referenced a few minutes ago, was Yusei Kikuchi, and I wasn't in love with his first start. I guess it wasn't awful. There was a home run that wouldn't have been a home run anywhere else, I believe I read in baseball. But he was getting hit pretty hard. Um, In his second start here against Boston on Tuesday night, he has a... A weird, like he kind of. I think he walked the first two batters he faced. Sure did, and then kind of got it under control. Struck out the next three, and and was fine the rest of the night. For certainly fine for a number five starter, if if that's what he's going to be for this team. Um, I guess one of the things, and and you know, you referenced there a few minutes ago, was this coaching staff or this management group feels like if we get you into our organization, we can help fix you, kind of thing, and. I think you were the one who brought it up on our show here a couple of months ago was that with Kikuchi, one of the things that they might be looking at is just his his pitch mix, right? That he had uh, he had some things that were getting hit very hard in the second half of last year, and he, they were the pitches he was throwing the most often. And so maybe turning that over a bit, changing when you throw certain pitches, how often certain pitches, is that still... You know what you're seeing? Did you see a bit of that in Tuesday night, or is it still just way too like? Have we seen any evidence yet that they're trying to change what he does? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I mean anyone who'd watched the broadcast. I mean they talked about this a bunch on the broadcast, right? Like the, uh, you know, he he threw his fastball a lot more, and it's a you know he's a lefty throwing 95, or you know he was you know he was up over 97 times, right? Like that, like it's a it's a very good fastball. Uh, I think Joe Siddle talked about it before the like on the broad the, the pregame before the the broadcast. Uh, wasn't throwing it as inside quite as much uh, as he'd like to see to uh, to right-handed batters, which uh, I think we saw change maybe a little bit. I haven't looked at the data on that just yet, but he definitely you know, he threw like sixty percent of the time uh, on, on Tuesday, and and uh, it was thirty-five percent last year, right? And right. He, uh, uh, and I think that's that that to me is evidence of of what the Jays are trying to preach to him, and it, it's and this is exactly I think what as soon as he was signed, people are like you know. Uh, if you went to his baseball savant page, it will it will tell you like oh who like which pitchers have the most like the, who who is the most similar in terms of like velocity and movement to any particular guy. If you look at his page, and his number one comp was twenty twenty one Robbie Ray, hmm. uh, which is which is yeah, which which obviously everybody was like okay, I think maybe we see what they could be thinking here. Yeah, uh, and you know Ray was almost a two pitch pitcher basically. Uh, I don't know if we'll see that with Kikuchi. He was using his cutter to get uh, swing and miss last night. Like his slider wasn't great, though it was harder, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I think it's still very much a work in progress. But but I think we'll see him move to that fastball more. I hope he doesn't get like shelled on it, <laughs> to, like and and get afraid to use it because I think that that's like that's what they're seeing is that that's going to be effective. And hopefully last night was, you know, a, a good evidence to him uh, that 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 they know what they're talking about and that's the route to go. And I think, you know, if you're, if if you're a lefty throwing 95 with good spin uh, and you might, and you might mix in a cutter or a slider, like that's, 
that's a problem for guys. Yeah. Like, that's going like hitters are going to be you can like you can keep hitters off balance doing that. I think and uh, uh, you know you got to you got to locate. There's a lot more to it than that. But you know I, I like a 95 doesn't tell the whole story of a fastball. Obviously, like Robbie Ray's fastball, I think had. Uh, you know, more late break to it, or, or you know, so, uh, it was was a little more volatile, and and you know, he's he was a guy, and is a guy who could just you know pump it in the strike zone, and not necessarily, not necessarily know where which bottom yeah. to the zone it's going to go to, and <laughs> and that will you know, uh, that will be make make a hitter's job that much more difficult, and I don't know if if Kikuchi's is more you know a straight fastball or what, but that like the tools are there, the ingredients are there, I think for someone if you know with. Uh, to be a guy where where the the pitch mix and and the sequencing and and all of that you know game calling stuff um really can make a difference because you know he he does have good good stuff he will get hit hard and that's sort of been a thing for him but that was a thing for ray as well and yeah. obviously they, they found a way to make it work and, and so he's going to be really interesting over the course of the year i hope i you know the, like i say the jays made a big bet there uh, you know, even though relative to payroll, that's it, it's really like the term, like three years. Like, what mm-hmm. if, like, what if it didn't work? You know, they are very confident if giving a guy a three-year contract that they're going to be able to get something out of him. So, uh, so I'm very curious to see uh, how well they do at that, and I think it'll be kind of a barometer for exactly all this sort of stuff that we've been talking about so far about what what they think that they can do in terms of their resources and their coaching and and you know the the the, the, the pete walker effect stuff and all that the pete walker and matt bushman effect and, yes and i i mean they have you know pete, pete's the, the the tip of the spear right i'm sure yes. a lot of people thinking about about this kind of stuff and uh uh you know i I, I hope it, I hope it works. I mean, it, it's worked for you know. It, the, you want to be like the Dodgers, right? Like the Dodgers just keep finding, and the, you want to do this with up and down the organization too, right? You want to do it with prospects, and we're seeing. Like, you want to be so good that you're just breaking and, up you know, perfect games are... all willy nilly. It's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, but I think that, you know that we've seen prospects. You know, uh, they've done a really good job of of you know drafting guys who. Oh, suddenly they're throwing harder. Suddenly there's there's more interesting dimensions to their arsenal, and I think that side of the the organization has been pretty good. I don't want to get you know you know I don't want to give them too much credit until they win the World Series, sure, or anything, right? But like, um, it's all encouraging, and it's just it's interesting to watch their 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 confidence and how they've built themselves into being that kind of an organization. The other uh, the other lefty that we're kind of keeping an eye on <laughs> as far as velocity goes and and things like that has had an interesting start to the season. And I think everybody was optimistic that uh, the second half of last year maybe was, was you know, behind him uh, with a rest here and, and um, you know, the offseason. He'd at least get off to a good start. And it was interesting to watch the two starts that he's had so far before he ended up on the IL because the first one sort of, to me, looked like you know, the, the, the velocity on the fastball was sort of where it needed to be to allow the other pitches to shine. Um, and then it absolutely was not in the second go around and they did give him the extra day off. And, uh, you know, he's found himself on the IL now with, with forearm soreness, I guess they're calling it. Are we, I, I assume we're going to see him back this season, obviously, but mm. are you alarmed yet? Is this, <laughs> you know, is this reason for concern? Oh, I think it is reason for concern. Yes, I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if he made his way back and was totally fine. Okay, like that, that yeah. would and and was you know he was great for four months last year or yep. for three months and and then was decent for a month and then just completely fell off. The, Unplayable. Fell off. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. Um, and you know I. I read somewhere the other day, like he had COVID at one point in the winter and like, you know, the, it was a disruptive winter for him and he's a big routine guy and that's perhaps playing into it. Obviously like the, the forearm, you know, the, the MRI didn't reveal anything. Like I, like I joke that, you know, he, they, they put guys on the aisle and I think they do sometimes just because they're bad and need a yeah. break and they need yeah. another arm. I don't, I don't think that that was necessarily true in this case. Like I think that clearly Physically, something was wrong because he wasn't able to get the ball. Yeah, you could see in the velocity he wasn't right. You know, he's not always throwing 91, which Mm -hmm. would be ideal, but he's usually able to break 89, right? And that's, you know, that was was a thing. And, you know... uh, it also wouldn't surprise me if he's cooked, though. That's yep. that's, that's sort of the the unfortunate place that we're at uh, with Ryu. And 
I sure hope that's not that's not the case. I sure hope that you know uh, some time off here will help him, and hopefully he can, he can take some time and ramp up and uh, you know maybe do a rehab game. And and but he's just such a delicate kind of arm, right? Like he he doesn't throw side sessions. Uh, they do need to work in the extra day of rest, um, but just because you know statistically you know the Dodgers showed that, like he was just you know that's how they utilized him and and. The, the numbers bore out that that was that was the ideal usage was to get him an extra day of rest and he would usually be better you know it's like if he if he can throw 91 and locate he's as good as anybody mm-hmm. and if it's less than that especially if you especially if you can't locate like there were some pitches that were not Ryu like and that was sort of I think the bigger concern right like I, I think that he could probably even get by at like 88 89. Uh, if he had to, it wouldn't be great. Right. But if he has the command, if he's able to hit his spots, you know, if he, but you can't, like, I forget who hit the home run against him. Uh, but uh, you can't, you can't leave 88 over, <laughs> like, over the middle of the plate to a big league hitter. No. You just can't. Like, that will get smashed. And that's exactly what, what happened. So. And it wasn't exactly like he was playing the Yankees or, you know, the Red Sox. No, you know, you're no, it wasn't. dealing no. against Oakland here. So I think it was Sean Murphy, so it was yeah. a hitter, but like but but nonetheless. You you, like you, a big league hitter you can't do that to. And so uh that sort of that it, it's it absolutely it's a concern. Um Is there a fear it, here? It's not it's not like it, it's a concern. Yeah. That I think is a good way to put it, right? It's not like well, and they, they weren't leaning on him to be the ace anymore. Be again, but, yeah. But yeah. Uh, do you think, though, that there's a, you know, you mentioned what the Dodgers did and what the Blue Jays were prepared to do for him. You're prepared to kind of baby and, you know, allow this guy to be f- kind of high maintenance and what, when he's your ace. If he's kind of going to get hit around and, you know, be a number four or five, like one of the things that scares me here, and I think they're going to have to kind of be really fluid with the rotation because... I, just because Ryu needs another day doesn't want mean I want to keep pushing back Manoa behind mm-hmm. him, right? Like, you want to see that guy more often. Now, maybe through these next 20, um, you know, because you're not getting any off days, it makes sense if you need to to throw an extra guy back in there, which would have been Stripling, but he's now going to be part of the rotation, presumably. But, like, is it going to have to be when he does get back that he just kind of keeps getting dropped in every six days he's not really part of the order anymore because I just, you know, the way it is right now, you don't really want to see the other guys having to get pushed back. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I, and you know, like a, the six man rotation idea comes up every year, literally every year. People are like, well, why don't they do six, six, six man rotation? Why don't they piggyback these guys? Yeah. Uh, and it's the six man thing is exactly what you're saying. Like you don't at the end of the year, you don't want to have, 30 starts that, that many could have gone to Manoa and Barrios and Gossman right. to go to some other guy, to, to go to Ross Stripling, right? Like you, don't, <laughs> you, you don't want to have, like, it, it's just that, that makes it, I, so much sense. But also, the, but yeah, you're, I, think, I think it's going to be a very difficult thing, like you say, like, because, especially because these guys are creatures of habit and, you know, their, their routine is, is, is important to them. Ryu, perhaps more than most, I yeah. think, is, you know, the way that, that that's, what, that's what the narrative is, at least, about him. Uh, so, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how they try to mix him in and, you know, just give him an extra day. Because you're right, you don't want to, you don't want to get to the end of the year and have Barrios and Manoa and Gosman at, like, 28 starts <laughs> when they could have got to 33. Because that's... 15 starts from those like though that like that will make you know we saw last year how thin the margins between yeah. being a playoff team and not can be yeah you don't want to be so, leaving these games on the table yeah a, so it's going to be it's going to be difficult and and you know i i think they sort of signaled you know ryu was their ace at the start of last year obviously in 2020 uh didn't get the home opener this year and didn't deserve it right uh but i think that's maybe a signal of like where he's at it's like hey you you know what you we paid you enough we, yes we're, we're now going to use you as as we as 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 it needs to be and right? i mean not like, the same class of pitcher at all but you said they kind of made a gamble on kikuchi giving him three years they, they knew when they got ryu that maybe not this quick like maybe this isn't 
quite what they expect, but they knew there was a gamble on those last For sure. the last year or two, right? They they knew what they had to do. I, I could argue that it, it it it's already it's gone better than they could have expected. Honestly, like I mean, this was a his. The health of his arm has been has been tricky for a long time, and he's older. and uh, And I would also argue at the same time that you could completely still justify that contract. Right. That was, you know, mending fences with Boris, getting, uh, you know, just just showing that the that the Blue Jays are, you know, a destination for premier free agents. Like, that they are willing to pay guys. Mm-hmm. That you know, that guys want to be here. Him leading them play to the playoffs and you know helping make it look like such a young and up and coming team. You know if Ryu's not in the organization, a top three Cy Young candidate after 2020, do the Jays look as attractive George right. Springer? Right? right, and it sort of cascades from there. Like I, I, I would caution anyone from being like the contract has been a failure. And I mean, obviously, it's too early to say he could come back and be fine. Sure, but even if it, even if he isn't, even if he's just like cooked and it's done now, I think that you could still sort of. Uh, squint and, and 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 look at that deal and be like, no, there are like, they, I would do it again, right? right? And you know, might have picked, might pick another guy if he <laughs> at this point, but uh, but yeah, I, and it's just it's all such a shame that we're talking about this about a guy who is just like this big fun guy who like you know who I you know his teammates uh, clearly love him, right? Like absolutely, yeah. and I, as a just as a fan, I love the guys. With who don't have over overwhelming stuff. Yeah, it's like you know I'd be out there you know, throwing. <laughs> this throwing, is how I get by. <laughs> Fifty eight and you know, trying to get by, and it's like okay, like I I I could just identify more with the starter. Sure, you know, it's obviously relative, but like you could identify more with a starter who uh, is getting by with command and with guile and with you know being able to those feel late Mark Burley years. Doing right? all these, yes, <laughs> he could be. A, he could absolutely come back and be and have a. You know, a 2015 Mark Burley season. Yeah, uh, and you know, and if that's if that's what the best we can hope for, I mean that that would be fine. That would be fine. And he's on he's on the books for one more year. And you know, at that point, you know, maybe you're at the eating money point. But yeah. I don't think they are yet. And I think he's going to get opportunities. I think he's earned it. I think he's you know, as like everybody was left with a bad taste in their mouth about his season last year. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's very easy to forget he was excellent in the first half of the season and well, even beyond that, it was really August, September where it, where it fell off. So, you know, fingers crossed because he is a guy who, you know, even though he doesn't have the overpowering, like sometimes the over, the guys with overpowering stuff, when it degrades, that's, they run into trouble. Yes. That's problem. But also his stuff is so marginal that I think he could even, he, you know, same, same thing. Like, it's not like a guy who threw 99 is now throwing 90, 96 or 94. Like you could still, you know, if you're throwing, if you can't, if you can't break 90 miles an hour at this point, that's, that's going to be tough for you. Yeah, for sure. Especially in this division. Uh, it's a rough day that I've chosen to ask you about this, given what happened on Tuesday night. But what do we make of Bo Bichette so far this season, who I think overwhelmingly short of that one game, um, has been really solid defensively. And, you know, I think we knew coming into the year that Matt Chapman was going to help him out quite a bit. But also, just in general, Bo was much better in the second half of last season on his own defensively. So uh, he deserves some credit for that, despite the rocky outing on Tuesday. But he's not quite where we would have expected him yet with the bat. And I just wonder if there's anything in particular you're seeing out of that, or if it's just one of those things that, you know... you he's going through a slump kind of right off the hop and it'll likely level out here. I, I hope it's the latter. I think you're right. You know, defensively, I think Chapman has helped. I think the, J, I mean, the Jays have been extremely aggressive with, with shifting. Yes. And not, and, and not even like full on shifting, but just with where they, you know, align their defensive, you know, with their, their defenders. Like I was looking at this on baseball savant the other day, about uh, uh, you can, you can search for the number of pitches, for each team where uh, they, they sort of break it down into categories where it's like a straight shift, a strategic shift, which means the, play, the, the defenders aren't too far from where they're normally aligned, but it's different, you know, where, you know, the, the second baseman is a bit more into, into right field, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and if you, uh, or you can, or by, uh, you know, if it's just like they're in the standard alignment. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, pick the, the the shift ones and search by percentage of pitches the jays were at like 
26% of pitches they've had some sort of a shift on. And the next highest team, I think, was like 13%. Like oh, they've been geez. extremely aggressive at this. And, and you, know, I, you know, maybe I don't understand the parameters or how the search went. And, and you know, there are other metrics for understanding how much you know, teams are shifting. Uh, but that's been, that's been quite a thing, which is interesting to me. And this is a tangent, I guess, but like because you know, they may be banning the infield shift next year. So for the Jays to go like that hard right. in on this... Um, you know, it, 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 fill your boots they, now. <laughs> yeah, they may be learning things that will they will not be able to use uh, going forward. Right. But, uh, but yeah, they 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 are they are being very very aggressive about that, which I don't I think doesn't hurt Bichette either. You know, in terms of just like being in the right place to field balls, and you know, he did have a couple bad throws uh, on Tuesday night, but he also made a couple outstanding plays, and mm-hmm. he's looked very solid there. And I think you know Chapman allowing him to sort of be better positioned, you know, because Chapman just has so much range and is so incredibly good to, to at that third base. Like uh, we haven't even really seen, you know, him hit second, you know, second gear yet, I think, you, right. know, as, uh, you know, he just hasn't really had that, uh, that many opportunities to make spectacular plays, but when he does, do they, he will do that. Well, he was supposed to be the one who was saving Ryu and all those ground balls, but Ryu's getting crushed and they're getting way past. So. <laughs> a, little yeah. bit, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not I'm not super worried about Bichette defensively at the plate. Yeah, like I think I think fingers crossed that it's just one of those things. Like he's a he he he's a very confounding guy at the plate. Like because he just he's so aggressive. He swings so much. Uh, he gets down into bad. He gets into bad counts, but he is able to you know when he's not uh, not sort of selling out for power. You know with that two strike <laughs> approach, he's able to foul things. You know foul balls off a lot and sort of keep his bats alive and it doesn't necessarily translate into you know i don't like i was looking up the numbers you know back in spring training like he's it's a myth that he is a great two-strike hitter like he did not have a good year last year you know uh he was below league average in terms of like weighted runs created plus with Mm. two strikes you know he was way below where vlad he was which was also you know i think vlad was like 74 weighted runs created plus once he gets two strikes the 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 idea is and you know the jays have been aggressive this year i keep saying the word aggressive but that's kind of the thing they're doing uh like you don't want to get into a two-strike count that's a bad count for a hitter right obviously um so it you know like bo has a lot of tools and I think a lot of people, and I was talking to this, with, uh, talking to uh, Nick Ashburn about this on uh, Ashburn. Sorry, tell me if I said that <laughs> uh, on our podcast, uh, uh, Blue Jays Happy Hour, the other week about this, where where the temptation is there to be like, I wish Bo would be more selective. I wish like he would, you know, if he could, if he could just take the tools that he has and not swing at so many bad balls early in the count, he could be so much better. But then, you know, if if you stop, if he, if you don't let him be himself, like you may lose something as well, right? Yeah, because uh, this is a guy who led the AL in hits last year, so uh, yes. like we are expecting some sort of bounce back here. And how much do oh, you want yeah. to tinker? Oh, I but I think yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he's just a, he's too skilled with getting the bat on the ball to. It feels it feels to me a little bit, and and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. You spend more time looking at the numbers, like because he likes to sell out so much and and does like the. I don't know. It just feels to me like Vlad makes more sense in that number two hole, right? Like he's more likely to just to take if he has to and and just, you know, put something out into right center if he has to and just take a single and, and whatever. And it feels a lot more like, at least right now, uh, Bo's kind of trying to be all or nothing and he's not getting a lot of all. So it looks pretty <laughs> bad. And maybe if everyone was healthy, you know, maybe he's a number four guy, at least until he gets it going. Like, I I don't know. It just, it feels like to me, you'd want in that number two hole, a guy more willing to just kind of take what's given to him a bit. And Vlad right now seems to be willing to do that. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, from day one, I, you know, I don't understand Bo hitting number two, except that what what I've heard, and I think this is from Twitter people, not like insider information, but, <laughs> but I just, I can't like quote the source. I don't remember where it sort of came from, but like, I don't think Vlad particularly likes hitting number two. Okay. Which, you know. That's worth it, something. It, it's his, it's his team. He can, yep. yeah, he, he can hit third if he needs to, but, <laughs> but I mean, it does, it 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 does suck to like you know late in the game and and you're tied or you're behind by a run 
and oh, Espinal turns the 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 order over, and, and here's Springer, and then oh, it's Bichette on deck, and now you have to wait another hitter till till Vlad. Well, we've already, I believe, I had two or had two games end with Vlad standing in the on deck circle. Yeah, and you're like, absolutely. Mm, don't. I love mean, well, that. one of them, I think they won because he hit three home runs, and we were waiting for. Oh, well, that's fair. Then, <laughs> I suppose. Maybe hit the fourth. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, true. Yes. But but yeah no uh, and uh, yeah I would I would much rather Vlad hit number two. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's. I think for uh, for a number of reasons that would be better, uh, and not nothing, not not a knock on Bichette. Like I do think he will get his hits, um, but especially when he's struggling, I would love to see them make that change. I suspect uh, that maybe they're not because Vlad prefers to hit right. third. Okay, uh, one of the things that's uh, that's been a, a positive so far, and again, got to keep throwing it around the small sample size, but. Uh, but Santiago Espinal has, uh, has made a bit of a name for himself. We expected this sort of platoon with him and Biggio at second to kind of take place. But right now, it looks like Espinal's kind of grabbed a hold of that job. And, and it's worked pretty nicely uh, with him in that number nine hole. He's been on base a few times with Springer coming up uh, as the lineup turns over. Is this, do you think, them just kind of riding the hot hand and they will get back to... Like, I, I got to believe they really want this platoon thing to work. They want Biggio to kind of get going because they are so right-hand heavy. And whenever possible, I'm sure they would love the opportunity uh, to have Biggio come in there and, and bat left-handed. But, you know, right now, Espinal's is not really giving them a choice with how well he's playing. Do you think he's taken this job or are they going to ride this out and, and try and get back to the platoon thing? Great question, yeah. I mean... For now, I think he's taken it to be honest. I mean, because he's a better defender. Too. Yes, he, he is. Multiple positions and uh, like Bichio can to an extent. They're also you know not as right hand heavy now that they have Collins and Tapia. That's and true. Zimmer. Yeah. Um, not well. Not that at quite a price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He lost the Oscar and Jansen. Yeah. But but yeah no I mean. Uh, and I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad, I'm glad they're not like forcing Biggio into into being like a list, into a straight left right platoon because Espinal. I mean, Espinal had a great year, and Espinal is a guy I think they've liked for a very long time. Who, you know, I mean, obviously that's who they identified from the Red Sox when they traded Steve Pierce, um, and hit, hit everywhere in the minors. Doesn't have a ton of power. Showed up, and it was like, you know, jacked now, <laughs> and we haven't quite seen the in-game power yet from him. Uh, but you know, if he's a guy who, even if he regressed, like cause he, I think he hit like three eleven last year, and he, he like he it was a small, you know, it was like two hundred seventy five plate appearances or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like I'm quoting this from the top of my head. I could be sure. entirely wrong, but like you know, it, that's what we I, do I, on I like this that. show, man. I know yours is typically a little more research based and whatever. Over here, we just let it fly. <laughs> <laughs> but like a guy like that. 11 to 16 home runs and that's like a crazy season like he was a two-win player last year and you know i i think it's i think it's great that they are not like this is bgo's job to lose right it's like well no this guy's better right now. like as long as he's better it's his job even even if against you know even against a right-handed pitcher right and i think uh, uh i think espinal might be might be good enough to to keep that job for a while, at mm-hmm. least until you know Arelvis Martinez shows up or, or you know some you know some of those guys. Um, yeah, he's a really interesting, a great a, like you know a great bench player on a World Series kind of team, which is maybe where he'll end up if you know after the trade deadline, right? Uh, which I think would be outstanding for them. But yeah, Vichio has been uh, disappointing. I suspect. I suppose. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I. I it just, I think he I, I gets. I don't like to. Sorry, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, I think he gets tied a little bit to that, <laughs> mm-hmm. to that young core that was up and coming, um, and we expect more because it was we kept hearing Vladdy and Bo and Biggio, yeah. and he wasn't as highly a touted prospect. He was drafted lower, and he kind of made his way up with those guys, but he never was one of those guys, right? And I, I just think it. You know, to a lot of fans, it was sort of, hey, look at this young group coming instead of, hey, look at this duo coming and their little buddy who's probably going to be around as well. And <laughs> he, like, he seems to be a useful major league player, but he was never going to arrive on the same level as those guys. 
I, I, I think entirely true. Like he had a great breakout. I think it was like 2018, 2017 at New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. that sort of changed the because he looked like a busted prospect for a while, and right? Then, and then started selling out for power, and and it's like oh, all this these walks and he's got some power. And the power hasn't been there in the big leagues. I think if uh, uh, I I haven't looked since. You know, I looked. I looked at the start of the Boston series, and like the maximum exit velocity, he's the only guy with twenty plate appearances for the Jays or ten plate appearances for the Jays who doesn't have a maximum exit velocity. He hasn't hit one over a hundred miles per hour yet. Right. He's the only one. Doesn't have a barrel, zero percent barrel rate. Whew. And it's like, you know, that's and that's the thing. And this was, you know, last year was kind of a, a washout for him because he got hurt. And yeah. Was, you know, we can kind of get a mulligan out of that. But a lot of the, the whispers and questions, you know, Keith Law was, was you know, drew the ire of a lot of Jays fans by being like, oh, he's not really a big leaguer. Huh. Uh, you know, after he, you know, after he had already, you know, had a great year at New Hampshire and his rookie year, like he looked really good. I think it was like, you know, 126 weight runs created plus something like that. Like he, there, there were, there are things to to dream on there. Sure. Uh, and if you can hit, if you can hit the ball over the wall, that's 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 really good. The shift I think hurts him a lot, but he just he he, he can't do dam- like he just doesn't hit the ball hard enough. For pitchers to be as worried as they were at first, yes, to to not be aggressive with him and and like like I think the walk rate will continue to go down because why bother walking? I don't need to walk can't, you. <laughs> can't da- it can't do any damage if you throw it in the zone anyway. Yeah, and so that could end up being his undoing. I mean, that's sort of like the worst case scenario for him. And I, uh, you know, doubt Kevin Biggio at your at your peril. Uh, people did before, and he had that year. You know, he he turned himself from a bust into. You know, a legit like top 100 prospect and a guy that people were really excited about. But I do think you're right, and I do think that you know, uh, some of the narrative became very easy for you know the uh, people to talk about. Oh, here's this Hall of Fame dad in the stands, right. and, and you know, talk about the hustle and the work ethic and and you know the the versatility. And there there are there are lots of things to like about him, uh, but it's really it's his, his bat is going to be you know. The the difference between whether he plays every day, or he sits on the bench, or he ends up in the minors for a while, and, and yeah, where his career goes. And right now, you know, if he if he you know if if he, you give him fifty plate appearances, he hasn't barreled one yet. That's a problem. You give you know we'll see where that is at a hundred. We'll see you know if he if he can start hitting the ball really hard. Uh, that's how good things happen. And I think that's what, you know, you kind of saw in Espinal where, you know, even in the minors, like I think there was a, when he was in AAA, like some of the numbers weren't great or maybe when he was at the alt site or something like, uh, it's like, it's just, this guy just hits the ball on the screws a lot. And so, you know, that's something to believe in. I think that's Alejandro Kirk, who, which is an interesting question right now because he hasn't been hitting his heart, mm-hmm. but like previously, last year in particular like you know his overall numbers didn't look great and i think that's why people are optimistic about him this year you know before (laughs) before these two weeks where he hasn't looked great uh but if you hit the ball really hard good things happen like that's just that's that's uh it seems to be a philosophy that it just makes sense on its face but it's also something that the blue jays have really kind of identified and are looking at guys and, and and you know you every year you look it's like who have the blue jays acquired oh these oh this guy Hits the ball. He might strike out a lot, but he hits the ball really hard. And and you know, Randall Gritchick or, or sure, yeah. They, now they have the luxury of being able to not have to <laughs> scrape have to, the bottom to, of like, the <laughs> like the flaws of the guys that they can get are are smaller than they were in twenty nineteen yes. or twenty eighteen, right? But um, but yeah, it, I it, I I hope I think he'll get the, he'll get enough run to like to sort of figure out what he is. But it just uh, sort of yeah, seems by the end like of the year we might not we may not see right Gio as 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 they're an everyday guy especially you know Ralvis martinez gabriel moreno obviously a different position but mm-hmm. like moreno was playing some third base like you know well there there are guys coming for his job and espinal may have already taken it it seems to me like he he's probably going to be a guy who could have a reasonably long career as kind of the 24th 25th man on your on your roster, right? Maybe not on a World Series team, but as a left-handed batter who can play some positions, he's probably going to have a career here, but maybe not in Toronto. When I say here, that's a yeah. Uh, I mean, any. I mean, like, I, I, we're we're overlooking like the good qualities a bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, his plate discipline is is incredibly good. Like you, you know, 
he'll take he will take his walks and and you know you you know and and that that should help him i think you know i don't want to be too pessimistic about it and again like doubt him at your peril um because you do have to throw him strikes to let him get himself out right but as long as he's getting himself out when you throw him strikes then he's he's not very effective it's true. So um, <laughs> what has caught your eye, good or bad, otherwise that we haven't talked about yet? The rotation, uh, obviously, you know, Barrios didn't have a great first start, was much better in his second one. Uh, you're seeing a little bit about what uh, what Gosman's going to look like with his, uh, his basically two-pitch mix that, you know, has thus far been, uh, for early season starts, been pretty effective. The bullpen has been about what you expected. I don't know, what stood out to you? I mean, Gosman and, and uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah, uh, have been great. Well, I think they're going to be real fun. I mean, I think Barrios is going to be fun too, in a more sturdy, uh, you know, solemn way. <laughs> but Gosman <laughs> and, and Manoa are great. I would love to see uh, Jordan Romano not have to pitch like every night. <laughs> um, it would be nice to see some blowouts. Right? At home, like, I need like, him to pitch every night. That entrance is pretty cool. <laughs> I got to see that more often. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, BJ Ryan esque. <laughs> But uh, just missing the slipknot. Yes. Uh, but, but, uh, but but yeah, like I mean, yeah, the bullpen's been great. I think, and it's kind of it's kind of a you know, it's kind of a no name bullpen. I think if you you know these aren't superstars, but I think they just have a lot of really really solid arms that you are you can be comfortable, you know, until you get down to Julian Merriweather, you can be comfortable oh with anybody else in Jeez. like in high leverage situations. Like David Phelps being healthy is. Did awesome I see he's hurt again? Merriweather? He's, yeah, he's wearing a knee brace now. Oh, my God. Yeah, poor guy. Yep. Uh, yeah, just just has not been the same since he came back, but 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 it's easy to understand why you keep dreaming on that stuff. Yeah. You know, when you can when you can be regularly at 97, 98, get up to 100, filthy, what is it, slider? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> like, but like Phelps, Garcia, Richards has looked great. Simber, you know, had a, gave up that Pache Homer, I think, but uh, but but has been a revelation like that. And this is sort of a thing, you know, a bit of a tangent, but this is the thing, you know, people are worried. People worried in the off season. It's like, oh, you're losing Robbie Ray and and Marcus Simeon, and it's like, oh, okay, well, Gosman and Chapman are are can replace some of that production, mm-hmm. but maybe not necessarily like MVP Cy Young level production because that's. That's hard to replace. To replace, but <laughs> but then you sort of think. But but when you start thinking about it, it's like okay, oh, a full season of Manoa, a full season of Barrios, a full season of Simber, a full season of Trevor Richards, mm-hmm. like who you know so far looks great, uh, and Jimmy Garcia. Uh, you know, if the if those guys stay, you know, if the bullpen, st- if, if, if you know, like any team, if the bullpen gets like four guys hurt, it's going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah, but. Uh, but that's literally like that's any team, and that that was I think really the biggest issue for them last year. You know, Kirby Yates immediately, Phelps gone. Like that would have that th- those two guys alone. You know, let you know, let alone Tyler Chatwood, just completely <laughs> losing the plot. Yeah. Rafael Dolis, I don't think he has a big league job at this point. Which, right. You know, defended him for well, a as long you know time, it takes but, him a while. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, as in all things, it yeah. takes him a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's going to be interesting, and, I th- and it's just like watching the usage of of Romano, who's who's effective as a closer, but isn't you know is not uh, prime Craig Kimbrell, right? Like no. you know, guys, guys can make contact. Like he throws it hard. It's not he's you know maybe not as hard this year as it has been in the past, but he seems to have the right mentality for it. He's got good enough stuff. You know, I don't know if the strikeouts are where they. Where I'd particularly like them to be, uh, the the sticky stuff thing sort of changed him a, a little bit, as they did other guys. You know, maybe not as much as it did uh, Garrett Cole, but uh, right. Uh, but um, but uh, but all that it seems very solid right now. I just would like it. I'd like I would like to see a few blowouts so that Romano doesn't. Have yeah. To. Like, does he have five saves already? Yep. Like that's crazy. It's, well, he's right now on pace. We got a little <laughs> bet going here as it happens with my other co-hosts there on who's going to finish with more. Like, is it going to be him with saves or Vladdy with home runs? They're neck and neck at the moment, right? <laughs> so we'll see. We, like hey. you said, we need a couple three, four, five run blowouts here. Could, I, you know, 
you don't want to run these guys down early because it looks great right now. But you know, you could have me back in a couple months, and we might be like, "Oh, this bullpen is a mess." <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. Bullpens are like goalies. Uh, just every a little bit. You have no idea, kind of year to year, what that's going to look like. A uh, couple little stories here before we get out of here, man. There, there was one that I, I believe was Rob Longley, of the Toronto Sun, and maybe you already knew about this. I hadn't heard, but he reported today about the Blue Jays when they left for Boston had taken a. The, like a team bus down to Buffalo and flown out from there, um, which I guess is to do with uh, testing, right? You don't have to do a COVID test if you drive across the border, whereas if you fly, you do. Um, the Blue Jays are all vaccinated, but don't want to run the risk that one person might get. Uh, and I guess this started with the, the 76ers who are playing the Raps right now in the NBA playoffs, and they have done this or are about to do this coming in uh, for game three against the Raptors, they flew into Buffalo and then drove up for the exact same reason. I believe the athletics did this. Um, you're seeing it more and more. I, I don't know that I really have a problem with it. It's within the rules, but it, it, it's a little sneaky, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, I noticed this because I I don't even know why, but I had a, I, I have like flight radar or whatever on my, on my phone. And, uh, Oh, you did put this on Twitter. Maybe you had this first before Rob Longley there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I I had it on my phone and like, I was like, Blue Jays planes taking off from Buffalo. That's interesting. Uh, and just didn't know anything, didn't know anything about why, uh, somebody, somebody tweeted at me like, uh, 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 Gus K, uh, Cato had uh, said on Instagram, I think, mentioned something that it was about vaccines, I think. And it's, I think the issue is, I haven't wrapped my head around it entirely, but I think the issue is that uh, if you fly out of Canada, you have to test. Do you have to test? I don't even know. I've flown out of Canada. I don't think I had, or maybe I did. I think you have to test to fly out, but you, yeah, I, <laughs> I think you like, do. Well, I, think the, I think the issue is that they don't want guys to get caught up and be like, you can't you, like you can't leave the country. Right now, now we now we now we lose you for fourteen days or until you get a clear test. Right. So the land border is is different. You have to be vaccinated still, mm-hmm. but but there's yeah, no the test. testing requirements are different, and yeah. then you can just get on a domestic U.S. flight, and it's not an issue. So I think the issue is, and also I don't know how you know. I assume that if you get in a. a, a I, th- I assume that any like of those airport tests, I don't know how the rules are like in, in the CBA or whatever, but uh, I assume like if you get a negative test or a positive test anywhere, you probably have to report that. And that would and, be my and guess. Now, and now you're immediately on the COVID IL. Okay, is baseball doing, I, I know the NHL and the NFL did. I don't know where the NBA stands right now, but they basically stopped testing. If you're asymptomatic, you just play. Like, and Correct. so uh, yeah, I'm, that's what baseball's doing this year. So I, I would imagine, yeah, the more of those tests you can just avoid in general is the strategy. Like, I can't yeah. imagine they're going to do this. Like, with an off day, you can kind of do it. Um, I believe it was in Longley's piece that he said the next time that they come back to Canada and then leave, it there is no off day. So they will probably risk it, right? And just fly out of Toronto right. that night. Um, yeah, it was just. I kind of Mike, Mike Wilner had a good piece about about the you know haranguing American media for yes. rightly for you know how they're they're talking about the unfairness of the border restrictions which you know go both ways and that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. They don't but seem to I mention that, that part. The, the the key point in it to me was that was talking about exactly that how you know the the only time you know, MLB was t- tested players at intake you know in spring training mm-hmm. and then the only other time they're going to test this year is if they're symptomatic except. When you go, you know, except when you fly into Canada or out, you mm-hmm. also have to test. Right. So the Jays are going to be the Jays are going to be tested way more than anybody else, yes. just because of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think because I think this was Cato's thing was just because the A's had a bit of an outbreak, they were afraid that if they tested their own players, they would test negative or sort of test positive. Have to and stay be stuck in Canada. Yeah, be automatically placed on the COVID IL, and then you can't get off until you, until you have like two clear PCR tests. And it's just <laughs> like everybody else in the stupid world, uh, just a way to avoid acknowledging that the pandemic is happening. Right. Yeah. So, well, and you talk uh, about the is, Blue Jays being—it is sneaky, but it's yeah. yeah. But the Blue Jays, as everyone talked about, and, and Charlie had that great quote on Tuesday. But nobody <laughs> gave a shit about us being in Dunedin, and we don't care about your uh, inconvenience coming into Canada. I, 
I can't imagine when they were trying, you know, selling Gosman on coming to Toronto and whatever, there was any mention of the occasional two-hour bus ride to Buffalo for a <laughs> flight, right? Like, I'm sure this isn't a great, uh, you know, I'm sure the players don't love this, but if you can duck some of these tests here and there, uh, it is interesting that, yeah, you have to test to get on a plane in Canada, but not to drive across the border. So it looks like when they have an off day to burn, uh, this may be one way that they kind of look to to avoid that. The other story, I believe it was, uh, was it John Heyman today who reported on the Yankees? Um, oh, the judge is, is now vaccinated. Well, apparently they all are, or however many there were. Uh, I guess yesterday Aaron Boone was asked about uh, the upcoming trip to Toronto and he said, uh, as far as I know, all of our players will be able to go uh, and said uh, that those Yankee players had told the team they had been vaccinated. Now, I don't imagine you... That was curious wording, wasn't it? It was interesting wording (laughs) because I can't imagine you just show up at the border and like say to the border guards, yeah, no, I'm good. I've been vaccinated. I'm sure there is some sort of something you have to... Proof that's going to be required. Yeah, so I do believe that it's been done. Uh, but this has been a story for a while that the Yankees were going to have some key guys that, that weren't going to be allowed to play in, in Toronto. It is, uh, it does change the dynamics of the way this season is going to play out a little bit. If those guys have indeed gone ahead and made themselves available to the Yankees in Toronto or gotten a fake, uh, well, I did see that of course, in the replies (laughs) to John Heyman's report was good on the doctor that squirted it into the sink and gave them a card. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, hey, look, uh, mandates work. Well, we'll go with that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, the Red Sox, I guess, have a couple guys who still aren't. They're coming up here next week, I believe. Yeah, I know. Well, Tanner Houck won't won't come. I know that. Uh, well, Chris Sale had he been healthy, yeah. he's confirmed he's not vaccinated and probably won't play here. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you could the Johnson and Johnson is one shot. You like it, you don't even have to do that much, right? Uh, I just I'm like just imagining, just fucking like just red ass fucking Aaron Judge like just mad about getting that yeah pathetically tiny little inobtrusive shot in his arm that will you know, like well it's that Thibault kid from the 76ers eh he right. he went he got the first one and just <laughs> didn't get the second one so you're just an idiot you have no moral <laughs> objection or no but you're just oh shit I forgot and now you're out for the games against the Raptors in Toronto yeah it's you know it's it's a it's it's a bit revealing about who people yeah. are and what they are, and uh, not shocking. I mean, to to anybody who's looked at their favorite players' uh, likes on Twitter, Ooh, we'll, don't do we'll, it, we'll, folks. We'll do not do that, it. Uh, that some of these guys are, uh, yeah, n- not very, <laughs> not not uh, not always great role models. No, not really into humanity <laughs> or. Uh, being cool, yeah. It's all about where the rubber <laughs> hits the road for these guys, right? Like a guy like Aaron Judge, did you really have some big, strong moral objection or scientific whatever? I saw tons of snarky tweets, congratulations to Rizzo on finishing his research, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But if it just came to like, oh shit, it's actually, there's a deadline, I actually have to have it done by now, and you go and do it, you know, I guess there's a part of it, if you wanted to be optimistic as a Yankees fan, you could go, you know, you're a good team guy, good on you for... At the, the rest of us get to just looking, yeah, okay, so you're just all talk, and now that you were going to forfeit a paycheck or two, uh, you know, you went and did it. I, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm yeah. almost glad that this, I would have been happy to see the Yankees come up at least once without some of their top guys, obviously, and, uh, and, and lose a game or two. At the same time, I'm kind of just happy that this story might go away, right? Like the Yankees are the I ones. I need Tucker Carlson to comment on the Toronto Yes, Bridges. of yeah. course I do, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the yeah, the, the Yankees are the big story, right? And they're making their first trip and it's it seems like it's going to be done now, right? Like it, there probably will be some other teams if the A's have an unvaccinated player too. No one cares. No one's talking about that. <laughs> when the Yankees come, yeah. it's in division games. It does sort of seem like uh, now that they're done, maybe this goes away a little bit because the American baseball media does seem to have failed horribly in their ability to frame this as a two-way border crossing issue uh, and painted it just as a disadvantage for American teams. Yeah, it's real funny. It's uh, it's funny until they get into your mentions. Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't envy you there. I'll say that. Tell the people where they can find your work, my man. Oh, you can find me at the, the batflip.ca, which is my Substack, which is free for everybody. But also, if you'd like to, to, to pay and support, that would be great because I enjoy uh, eating and paying Meals. my rent. Yep. And uh, at Andrew Stoughton on Twitter, which is where yeah where I live. <laughs> like a, like a, a curmudgeon who also <laughs> occasionally tweets about baseball. <laughs> And uh, I can highly recommend the uh, Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast as well. Indeed, yes. Thank you. You uh, mentioned there with uh, with Nick Ashborn. I don't yes. want to draw his wrath here either. But uh, yeah, it's a great listen. Comes out Thursday afternoons now. You've made the move, I see. Yeah, might that might change soon as well. But uh, look for Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Uh, well, Thursday is a, is a day game. So, uh, so it'll be all relevant. Okay, up to date. Do you love that? Yeah. <laughs> Baseball is hard to podcast on. I don't have to tell you. It's uh, they play every day, so it's hard to get it out and not have it go instantly out of date. And, a little bit, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, uh, we'll wind this one down here again. We'll put all the links to uh, to Andrew's stuff there in the in the show notes, which will be available at talkanaudio.com or or wherever you're listening right now. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Hell yeah, anytime, man. All right, good stuff. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at talkanaudio. We'd love it if you gave us a follow there. And, uh, and let us know what you think of these episodes, uh, as well as make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget on Monday morning, our buddy Chris Hoffley from the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group will be co-hosting the, uh, the big Monday morning show with me. And next Thursday morning, Vanessa Sanchez from She's Got Game across TSN radio will be in here as well. So lots of great stuff to come until then. My name is Matt Robinson, and we will catch you all on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better! Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app. When you say Tall Can Audio a lot, it starts to sound weird. <laughs>